On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks are coming off of a weekend where they lose to the Wizards. Hopefully, they'll get a win against the Cavs tonight. And on today's show, I have five questions for Nick Angstead and why the book of Boba Fett will suck. I got five on it. On today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can see us right now. And joining me, as always, my co host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com. The Monday Maniac, the One More Thing King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right. We're coming off a uh, a rough weekend. That that Wizards game, the more I've thought about it, I talked about it again to some people on Sunday. Dang it, they should have won that game. That's like, what we said on, after the game. I know. I was just, <laughs> I couldn't remember if you remembered it after your Modelo's. And I was just. <laughs> I remembered everything very clearly. Shout out to Matthew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, man, they should have won the game. But you know what? We're going to turn the page. They have Cleveland tonight and at home. Cleveland! Evan Mobley. We'll both be you. at this game. I'm assuming you'll be at this game. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see Mobley up, up close and personal. Yeah. Seeing a uh, Ricky Rubio potential Mavs trade target later on this season up close. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a time for them to get back on track. They got to beat the Cavs tonight and uh, have a good win at home. Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is massive for the Mavericks to, to bounce back from losses like that, where you had three days off. The Wizards were coming off of back to back. You you had it at the end there. How do you adjust? How do you fix things? If they if it comes down to a clutch game again, how do the Mavericks win in the clutch? If Jalen Brunson is missing again, how do the Mavericks play in the second half without Jalen Brunson? They played pretty well in the first half without Luka and without Brunson on the court. But how do they do in the second half? I think that that's a key because after the Wizards game, we broke it all down in the, our weekend show. So if you want to go listen to more of that, go check out that on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, by the way, also, we're going to be doing our five-star uh, iTunes, Apple Podcast review questions again. We got one at the end of the show. So if you want to stick around and listen to that and also – Get your question in. Put in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we will answer every single question. So we got one coming up later in the show. Yeah, so today I have five questions for Nick. It is a, it's a game day for, obviously, they play the Cavs tonight, like we said. But I have five questions for Nick, kind of on the Mavs as a whole, um, maybe some trade stuff in, in a few months. But we did a trade pod on Black Friday on Friday. If some of you guys are back in your routine, you're back at work, you're driving to work on a Monday, and you're like, hey, hey did you guys drop a pod during uh, you know the whole Thanksgiving festivities outside oh, of course. the first game pod? Oh, we did. Do we you dropped- even know us at all? <laughs> Do you know us? <laughs> on Black Friday, we dropped a, hey, if the Mavericks went window shopping across the league, you know, calling teams, who could they be calling some players, some deals they'd be interested in? But, okay, question number one for you today. Mm. Will it matter who scores the most points this season between Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway Jr.? So so right Ooh. now, Tim Hardaway Jr. is at 14.4 points per game. Jalen Brunson at 15.1. 
Factor in everything to this question. Are you saying total points or just average, like game just, average? Just points per game. Yeah. Will it, does it matter? And factor in everything. Factor in their careers, factoring the roles on the team, factor in Jalen Brunson contract stuff coming up, unrestricted free agency over the offseason, factor in the roster construction, the Mavericks organization of like, hey, who they value is should it matter a does is it an either or does it anything? Does it matter? You can just say no, it doesn't matter, or we could like dive deeper into it. I'm going to, I really wanted to say yes, because I, I really wanted to say yes, because if Brunson is scoring more than Hardaway and Hardaway, that's what he does, right? That, that is what the Mavericks have brought him in to do. He's not really playing defense that well right now for the Mavericks. And he's not really a playmaker. He doesn't really get other people involved. He's a, he's a, you know, he'll pass in the system and all that and swing passes and all that. But he, he's, that's what, that's what he's doing. He's coming in to hit open shots, to hit shots. And if he's scoring less points than Jalen Brunson, then there there would be a problem. I wanted to say that. However, I think the way this team is constructed, I think Brunson and Hardaway will just be stuck in this. We're the you know the third and fourth highest scorers on the team, and it doesn't really matter between the two of us who has more. And one night Brunson will have twenty, and and Hardaway will have ten, and then the other night they'll just switch, and it it shouldn't matter as long as those top two guys in Luca obviously and and Porzingis. Pull their weight. If they pull their weight, yeah. then those two other guys can just fall suit, and then all of a sudden everything's fine. So I don't think it does matter. Okay, I think that's where I land. But I've just I, I started thinking about it from a bunch of different angles. Of okay, what if JB does finish the season? Let's say he finishes like eighteen points per game, and Tim stays at like fourteen. Does that factor into any decision making going into the off season? Of okay. JB's our clear number three. JB needs to be paid like 10, you know, that like something like that. And then it's, then it's an either or type thing. Does whatever JB do, does the season as far as like scoring wise, role wise, everything, if he keeps this up, does he potentially make Tim Hardaway expendable? I don't, I don't know. That's why I'm just throwing these questions out there. People in the comments, I'm sure on YouTube are saying, Hey, no, this doesn't matter. Shouldn't matter. We need scores. We don't need all of this. I just wonder because it's been a clear Tim Hardaway Jr. is that like third score type. Now Tim is paid, getting paid what, 18, 19 million dollars a year, you know, decreasing all of that. But still, I I do wonder if it that factors in anything if a guy, you know, drops the fourth on that, you know, that scoring list with the maps on. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thought because last year, if you look at it, 16.6 points a game for Hardaway, 12 and a half for Brunson. And then now that gap has really, uh, I mean, Brunson has now surpassed him in, in just straight scoring average, but Tim Hardaway's taking a little step down. Brunson's taking a pretty big step up. Yeah. If, if Brunson passes him, doesn't matter. What does it, what does it mean for Tim Hardaway? Does that mean that that contract is all of a sudden looking bad again? Right. I mean, we, we've got, we would have gone full circle with Tim Hardaway where the, he was the tax for the Porzingis trade. And then all of a sudden he was good. And you're like, okay, maybe, Por- maybe Hardaway was the best player in that trade. And then they re-sign him for about the same deal. And then now maybe, <laughs> maybe it becomes overpay again. Right. Do, do we go in that whole cycle again? I hope not. I hope it doesn't end up in that situation, but uh, if he keeps going in this direction, then maybe it is. And go the opposite direction. Maybe what if Tim goes on a huge tear of the you know next month? Let's let's say yeah, he right. finishes 18, 19 a game. 
and you know JB kind of goes back down to like 13, 14, something like that. Does that factor into anything as far as how much they want to pay JB this in this coming offseason or their roles moving forward or anything like that? I just I just wonder if there's any type of relationship between those numbers. And if not, then no biggie. I I think I lean towards no, there is no relation, but it's just something when looking at the numbers, I'm like, huh, they're kind of close and they haven't been close because JB's kind of taking that next step. Those two guys, as far as role players for the Mavericks, are super important because we've been saying for, I don't know, years now <laughs> at this point, the biggest problem with the Mavericks is they need that they need that second player. They need that second best player. And Porzingis has now stepped into that role a little bit. And so now those third and fourth players really have to show up. They really do to be able to, to make all this work. And so those two guys have become so important for the Mavericks. Coming up, let's get into some more questions. The Mavericks have been an interesting team so far this season. What's going on with Jason Kidd? Luka Doncic, we'll talk about that and answer some more questions. But before we do, let me tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is daily NBA fantasy done right. It's the best NBA daily fantasy prop game on the market. They offer more NBA props than any other daily fantasy prop operator. And they offer superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. So they offer the Luka Doncic's, the Brunson's, the Tim Hardaway Jr.'s, all that. All uh, PrizePix offers any prop that you can imagine from yards to touchdowns, even interceptions. You can do basketball, you can do football, MMA, all kinds of things on prize picks. All of you, all of the users that deposit and use the promo code NBA, you will get a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Uh, and how prize picks works, you can pick two to five players and an over under on their projections. So you can win up to 10 times on any entry. So if you want Luka Doncic and it says 25 and a half points and you're like, Luka is going to go off tonight. Pick the over. If you think going up against Evan Mobley, 15 points, you say, no, Mobley's coming back from injury. I'm not feeling under for that. All of a sudden, you can get odds on that. So go check it out, prizepicks.com, promo code NBA. Also want to tell you about directtv.com. It's one of the few ways that I have found to watch the Dallas Mavericks. I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And this is a way I have found to not pay for the full cable, but to still get your Mavs. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows, and the Mavericks all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract for you. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device is required. Check that before you do that. Content varies by package. All right, Isaac Harris, hit me with another question. All right, we're going to look at Luka Doncic's stat line. Mm. Which one of these categories? This I'm just lumping this into one question, but. Which one of these categories does Luka Doncic not hit this season? I want to compare it to last year. 2020-2021 season. Luka averaged 27 points, 8 assists, 8 rebounds. He shot 35% from 3 and 48% from the field. This season, he's basically under all of those numbers. 25 points a game. He's right at it. 8 eight and 8 as far as assists and rebounds. But he's at 30%, 31% from 3 compared to 35 and he's at 44% from the field compared to 48%. Which one of these numbers, if any, does he does he not hit from last season? Oof, the way the Mavericks have been shooting the three, that assist number just it seems like it'll never go up. <laughs> right? Like if the Mavs keep missing <laughs> open shots the way that they do. Now, he's only down a half of assists, so if the Mavericks all of a sudden go on a run here, that can go up. But yeah, I think that the rest of the like those shooting splits 
now now we're talking about there's a lot that he has to do to get to to boost some of those up now because we've played he's played 15 games. I guess he's got a bunch more he could still pull those up, but the the shots that he's taking from three, it's hard for him to go on a run where he's shooting 40, 50% for a long time and get him all back up to that, you know, 35% number he was at la- that last year. So I think that assist number is the first one that stands out, but then I think the three-point percentage is one that'll be hard for him to 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 boost all the way back to where it was last year. I think that's where I'm with you on it. Like the 25 compared to 27 points per game last year, I think he gets to that 27 mark. The the assists and rebounds, I'm not worried about. I think the I actually do think like Reggie Bullock's of the world. I think their shots are going to start falling. Maxie's going to play more. Ooh, I hope know, so. Maxie's shooting what? I think 41% from three this season so far. So like, I think the assist number, I think actually he could finish the season around the eight and a half, nine mark on assists. It's the three point percentage. Like you said, it's, you know, the highest he shot in his career so far is 35% in his career of the four years that he's been playing. And that's, he's, his his sophomore season in the league, he shot nine threes a game. He's he's averaging eight, the, you know, last year eight this season. So and his three point percentage is so strange because he takes the hardest shots. I mean, maybe the hardest three point shots in the NBA. Like he, he, I was sitting there and I was in I don't know what what row like N last night. I was it was decently close to the court. And in the second half, you just oh, see flex on us okay. pretty, pretty up close where where uh, Luca is shooting threes from, and you just see the difficulty. My brother in law was there with me, and he he plays basketball, and he just goes, "Man, like you just realize the difference between somebody like me and an NBA player when you see the type of threes, the length of the threes, that like the distance, the the speed, the way that Luca just." crosses over and then steps back on somebody like Daniel Gafford, who's just incredibly long and he has no space at all to get that shot off. So Luca takes these insane shots. A lot of them are late in the shot clock too. So he takes these tough step backs and he, he does force a lot of these too. He sort of frustration shots or heat checks or whatever, but yeah, the, the, the types of shots that he takes, it's hard for him to, to have a really good percentage because it's not efficient, right? Like it's not efficient shots, but when they go in, it's Luca magic. It's incredible. We still sort of expect some of these, clutch shots to go in but his three-point percentage is more interesting than like a Torrey Vinnie Smith or Reggie Bullock those guys are just taking open threes spot up threes and so I don't know if we can look at his percentage Luca is the same way we look at a, a like a Bullock he's not getting a 40 yeah. percent ever in his career maybe right like no. in, in Harden doesn't do that right all the only guys that ever get there are Curry and Durant and those guys they take really efficient shots and they're just good at literally every shot on the floor especially as long as he's playing as the like the only primary playmaker. If right. there is ever a you know, a scenario down the road in which he has another guy next to him where he's playing off the ball more, maybe we'll see that percentage go up possibly. But um okay, let's let's talk about roster construction. Oh no. The, <laughs> the uh the trade deadline come up in February. At the end of February, will Porzingis, Jalen Brunson, and Tim Hardaway Jr. all three be on the team? Cool. End of the trade deadline. So this is we're looking into. And this is Nico Harrison's first run through a season. We have now seen him do an entire off season. Basically, we've seen him run through that. He made a trade quickly. Trade traded Josh Richardson, and he didn't really make any other moves besides that. He signed some guys, re-signed some guys, but didn't make any other trades other than that. We were expect we were hoping for maybe a big, you know, roster changing move this off season. Didn't happen. Trade deadline. We're going to learn a lot about Nico Harrison and what he wants to do. How yeah. aggressive is he going to be? How, do, how does this team feel? How does Mark Cuban feel about this team? 
I know everybody's sick of them saying, well, we were right there against the Clippers and we don't have to change much about this team and we're keeping Porzingis and continuity and, you know, keep the powder dry and all those words, all those buzzwords I feel like the Mavs fans are sick of. Do they make a big deal? If Porzingis plays the way that he's playing right now, it'd be hard for me to see them not either one, talk themselves into keeping him and be like, our team is the best when Porzingis is playing this way. Or... Just take advantage of the value that Porzingis had recouped at that point and try and, and change something up. It really depends on what this this you know this new regime. I guess if you want to call it a new regime, Mark Cuban's still at the helm. But if, what this new regime thinks about the whole Porzingis experiment at this point. Yeah. So and it's not even more. Yeah, I lumped all three of those guys together because those are the next you know three next guys on the roster: KP, Brunson, and Tim Hardaway. And it's like. Will they move past the deadline and all three of those guys be on the team? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say one of those guys will be gone. Mm. And just because I do think, you know, if they stay like I I hear the other side and I'm not even saying like I'm I'm not saying what I would do. I'm just saying what I think would happen is I think there's a scenario in which you're telling yourself, hey, the West is wide open except for the Warriors. They're killing right now. But it's like West is open continuity let's keep the squad together you know chemistry looks great let's just keep on rolling but then there's a whole nother like conversation of the west is wide open (laughs) and let's swing for something and it's the new you know new gm new coach like let's really shake this you know this rotation up and that's where all three of those guys i think could be in play it's like the kp conversation we've talked about a million times if he keeps on playing well is he the fit that you want? All the stuff. The Brunson conversation, because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent, you might lose him for nothing in the offseason, but whatever team trades for him too could lose him too. And then, you know, is it a bigger package where it's multiple of these pieces? But then the Tim Hardaway situation too, or if you're looking at it and saying, all right, we KP's working out great. We want to re-sign Brunson this offseason. Is Tim Hardaway the contract that we look at and say, all right, may, may, that's where I just think if they're going to shake up something, it has to involve one of those three, if not two of those three. And I think they do before the deadline. I think they do make some type of bigger move. Let's hope so. That would be that'd be interesting for this team because we have not seen them make... Are you saying hope so for the team or for the podcast numbers? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both for everyone. Everyone's sanity. Something new, something fresh. This team feels... It does feel like it needs... I mean, the Mavericks are boring, right? Whoa, who said that? <laughs> who, who said would, that? Who would say that? Who would absolutely say that? Uh, no, I, I don't think they are. But yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting to see them make a deal at this point because I think we could all agree like this team isn't winning a title. But if they make a move, if they make the right move, then this team could you could talk yourself into it this year for sure. But you also see why they wouldn't either because the whole like, hey, let's give this roster a chance with Kid. Let's see, if, you know, hopefully we don't get the Clippers. And all of that, like, I I haven't that's listened the, to the full. That's just the hope. Well, I haven't listened to the full conversation with Haralabob and uh and you know Bill, Bill Simmons, Simmons. But that first like twenty minutes, they were talking about the Clippers stuff. And Bob sitting there saying, he's like, "Yeah, the Clippers were the one team that we we were like running all the scenarios on how we could avoid them. That they literally were the worst matchup, and they got them two years in a row. And it's just to hear that from like the front office that that's what they were talking about too. It wasn't just a fan thing it was and then he obviously said that uh the clipper he thinks the clippers were doing that on the other side of like we want dallas like running their scenarios and how (laughs) they could get dallas you know in the playoffs but uh but yeah all right coming up after the break 
let's talk about another one of these questions I have for Nick on something he's learned this season. Oh, what have I learned? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's Cyber Monday. If you guys are listening to this on Monday, November 29th, Built.com is the place to aim your mouse, your trackpad, your you know tap of your finger, whatever. Get at least 20% off everything. Delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide. And even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag as well. Isaac, maybe we need to get some of that Built Swag. Give me a hat. I need a Built Bar hat. A brand new Built flavor has been... Uh, has launched just in time for Cyber Monday. Caramel Almond Delight. It delivers everything it promises. Caramelized chocolate, almonds, delightful. Double check. Be sure to get yours before they're gone. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein. Tons of stuff on their site. Go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED20 to get 20% off everything. LOCKED20 is the promo code right now. If you've been waiting, this is the time to go do it. Off everything. LOCKED20 is the promo code. Also, I'm going to tell you about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports. Go check it out right now. They have the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday. Six-point favorite at New Orleans against the Saints. That one will be an interesting game. The Cowboys coming off of a pretty disappointing loss here. And we'll, uh, we'll see how the Dallas Cowboys respond. But if you want some action on that, or if you think the Dallas Cowboys stink, like my friend Matthew that was sitting next to me at the game, and he hates, he's kept calling them the cowgirls and hates the cowgirls. If you want to bet against them, go ahead. Take the plus six, take the points, and use your money on Bet Online. Use the promo code Locked On, get a 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris, thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Make sure you check out your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd is killing it right now. Absolutely the goat at what he does. Okay, pretty simple. Somebody walks up to you and says, hey, Nick. Good morning, Isaac. (laughs) Good morning, Isaac. That would be a weird interaction. That would be amazing. Oh, my God. If Jason Kidd ever says that to me in real life, I I don't know. I may just die. I just fall (laughs) keel over and die. What if if I get him to say good afternoon, Isaac? Good morning, Isaac. Oh, my gosh. That would be incredible. And then we'd have to complete the trio, right? Good good evening, Isaac. (laughs) Good night, Isaac. See ya. Good night. Isaac. Um, if someone asks you, one of our favorite things that uh, one of one of my favorite things is when you know, like that family member asks you, like Thanksgiving or Christmas or something, like they just want to have the Mavs talk with you because they know you do Mavs stuff. And like Nick, that's yeah. a good question. <laughs> <laughs> that tall guy, or man, Luca, he's good or something. Yes, yes. If somebody asked you at a uh, a Thanksgiving dinner last week, said, "Hey, Nick, what is one thing, one thing that you've learned about the Mavericks this season?" I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. <laughs> That's what I learned. You learned about Jason Kidd. Something I've learned this year is that, man, the, the margins are thin. The margins are thin for some of these things. I mean, we look at the Mavericks and we look at some of these numbers. We look at their offensive rating. We're like, man, the Mavericks are not ranked well in offensive rating. If they make a couple of threes, their offensive rating is so different than what it was. And so your margins are just so thin, especially when you're you're dealing with open threes and a couple per game and a couple guys that can go cold. And if a couple guys go cold at the same time, all of a sudden this whole, the whole team suffers because of it. But your margins, in the NBA are really slim. You look at that wizards game the other night and they miss, they missed two shots in the fourth quarter and the game is lost, right? <laughs> that's just yeah. the way it is. You, you miss two shots right there and that's it. The entire game comes down to just that. So I'd probably say that, but somebody would say, well, what about, tell me about Luca. Tell me about the players or, or something else. 
I think that the Christoph Porzingis has has found found a little something in the NBA that I think will work for him. These little like if he can get close enough to the basket, the way that they're they're moving him off of the corners is just something that I've I've still noticed that when they do that and he gets good post position, he can finish over guys. And the Mavericks have found a little he's 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 rejuvenated a little bit of, of something that I didn't I wasn't sure that he could get back because of just the place he was at the end of last year, the way that he was he was just so down on his luck at the end of the the season. He you know, oh, we've talked about this a million times. I'm going to do it again. He was standing in the corner in the playoffs because not just because Carlisle just told him to go stand there, right? He was not playing well all last season. He wasn't right. He wasn't right physically and all that. And so he just wasn't able to take advantage of anybody that was smaller than him guarding him. Any Like anybody. We saw Josh Hart. We saw so many players that were smaller than Porzingis and he not be able to take advantage or get position or anything like that. He's moving a lot better this year. He's getting position a lot better this year. He's scoring around the rim a lot better this year than he was last year. That's a different weapon that the Mavericks didn't have over the last couple of years. And so I think that 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 would be the thing I would probably tell them about is that, okay, Porzingis is doing something a little different this year, and we hope that it continues throughout the season, he builds on it, and that they can take that into the playoffs. Yeah, and I think I would build on that of saying, I think Kid deserves some credit with that. Of I think that's something I've learned of how, how Kid has created these opportunities to get KP more confident in his game of, you know, the post-ups, the different thing, like as far as position on it, I think it's a, I think it's a both thing. I think it's both KP and I think kid deserves a little bit of credit to that too. And I think there's, there's some also some, I don't want to say negative things that I've learned, but just about Luca's like shape stuff and just, he's still not in shape right now. And I don't know what I'm learning about that, but (laughs) it just, it does affect his game in so many different areas. And just the team as a whole. I mean, this isn't breaking news, but the Mavericks are not at the, when Luca is off his game and not fully physically there. Um, I'm not wording this right. They're just not, <laughs> they just don't have, we've it's, talked about this before. They don't have the roster construction to kind of allow Luca to, you know, not be fully in, in shape. It goes back to it, it goes back to the margins thing I was talking about, right? The yeah. margins of error are so thin for the Mavericks. If Luca is, comes in a little out of, he's not like incredibly out of shape, right? Like let's no, be clear, he's, he's not. He's not twenty five. I mean, eight eight. he's not looking like Zion right now <laughs> out there wherever Zion is, or those pictures we saw of Zion on Media Day forever ago. Like he just came in a little out of shape. He took his rest at the end of the offseason instead of the beginning because of the Olympics. We understand all that. We understand why. But he comes in a, just a little bit out of shape, and then all of a sudden. His first step isn't as quick. He can't get by guys as well. His two-point percentage is in the tank right now. It is way worse than it was last year, and that changes what the Mavericks do because they can't get a couple of easy baskets around the rim, and then all of a sudden, just the rest of the margins change. Guys, So Luka can't get baskets at the rim as well as he did last year, which was an all-time rate last year, and then the guys aren't hitting open threes, and so that that's all of a sudden your margins become so thin after that. So I think it all that all goes together, what you're saying and what I said at the beginning. Yeah, for sure. Okay, my last question, and it's a pretty quick one. What team outside the Warriors do you do you for sure not want to see in the playoffs in a series? Man, the way this Phoenix Suns team is playing, they're they're playing so well. They're just they're they're they've been there before. They have this mentality of we've been there before. They have the you know the defender in the paint that uh, you know that. In DeAndre Ayton, they have Chris Paul and Devin Booker that can just hit those mid-range shots. They just can kind of coast 
throughout the game, just like they did against the Mavericks those two games. They can coast throughout the game and then hit a couple of daggers. I mentioned against the Wizards, you miss two shots in the fourth quarter, you lose. The the Suns can hit four or five shots in the fourth quarter, and boom, all of a sudden they're back in a game like we saw against the Mavericks. And then the secret. Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges defends Luka Doncic really, really well. He's one of the players in the NBA that we say, oh, dang, Luka really struggled against that guy. And so if Luka isn't back to you know what we saw from Luka last season by the time the playoffs start, then Mikael Bridges may do a lot better than, than, you know, <laughs> than we hope that he would do against him. But that's a team. I mean, they're just playing so well right now. You have to mention them. Everybody else, though, like that Lakers team can't defend to save their life right now. Well, it's just funny that we're that we would both say the Suns. I brought up that question because well, I don't think the Lakers is like the number one answer to that. And no, not anymore. I, I I had them. I was I was very confident that they'd be one of the best teams in the Western Conference, and they just came out and yeah, LeBron has missed a bunch of games, but they just have not looked good at all <laughs> without LeBron. And even with LeBron, some of these games they almost lost to the, the Pistons on Sunday night. I mean, it is it is rough for that team. Clippers are without Kawhi, and so you're not super worried about them. Uh, the Mavericks, you know, Maver- back down from beef stew again, or <laughs> the Mavericks signed him to a ten day. Uh, then, then the rest of the teams are like the, the Jazz. Nah, mm. <laughs> you know, like I think Luca can can handle that. Uh, Portland, really Minnesota, Memphis. Really yeah, Denver is just down bad with all these injuries. This Michael Porter Jr. injury sucks really, really bad. So. It's just a kind of a it's sort of a lost season for them already. PJ Dozier out for the season. Shout out to him versus that Jiverson. That one stunk. Remember those days? That injury stunk. Yeah, Jiverson still has a place in this league. Does he? <laughs> As an I assistant player All development? Right. Let's finish up with our five-star Apple Podcast review question. Again, put your five-star review in Apple Podcast. Go there. Put a question in, and we will answer all of them. This question is from G. May Weasley. When is Jason Kidd going to wake up and remember that going small with Dorian at the five actually worked? Well, what does wake up mean? I mean, I like you're not going to start it. You're Open your third start. eye, Isaac. Wake up. I know. I just don't know what wake <laughs> up wake up means in this scenario because I think it did work. I think he knows it worked. I just don't think you're you're going to run this. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Wildcat in football. It's like you're going to bring it out in certain scenarios and run it, but you're just not going to like run your whole team through that all of the time, especially when you have, I don't know, like 13 centers on the roster. And then, you know, you have Christoph Porzingis who's making $30 million, seven foot three. And he's, you know, playing really good basketball right now. So like, you're not going to bench him. So I think he knows it worked. I think he woke up and saw that it worked. I think it's just a card in his back pocket. He's just going to play in certain scenarios. It is a card in his back pocket. He's got to be. He's got to decide. He couldn't play it against the, that Wizards team. Gafford and Montrezaro would have just killed him inside. I mean, it just wouldn't yeah. have worked. There's certain lineups he can play it against, and that it would work. But again, like just like Isaac said, he has to use it. It's a card to play. It's not a go-to lineup. It's not a starting lineup. It's not a every single game lineup. It's, it's like, like Boban. It's like Boban. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> it's like Boban. Boban is back. Like. You use Boban in certain lineups against certain teams, and you use small ball against certain teams, and we'll find out which ones those are. To answer his question, though, do I think he should use it more? I do. I think he should run it out every once in a while, even against that Wizards team. Just throw it out there for two minutes if the if the Mavs are struggling. And I think that I think that lineup, the newer version of that lineup, would be Maxi at the five. I think you can run that lineup. Maxi's at the five, and yeah, that, that doesn't really. That, they're not going small at that point to me. But, but <laughs> what can 
what can Dorian do that Maxi can't? Yeah, right. And Maxi's a better rim protector for sure at that point. Um, so yeah, but at that point, if you put Luca and Maxi out there in a small lineup, then but well, what this small lineup does is it wakes everybody up defensively because then all of a sudden everybody's playing a little out of position. Most yeah. everybody, you have to wake up a little bit more. You're going to switch everything because that's the reason why you go small. And so then everybody has to just stay engaged. When the Mavericks aren't engaged defensively, they should go small. Take the center out and just, you know, throw every, throw caution to the wind and just have everybody pay attention and wake up just a little bit more on the defensive end. Yeah, especially, I mean, if, when Frank's back healthy, run a Luca, you know, Luca, Frank, Reggie, Dorian, oh, Maxi. I mean, is that their best defensive lineup? Luca, Frank, Reggie, Dorian, Maxi. Well, if you're going to say best defensive lineup, I may take Luke out and put in like Sterling or somebody else. But yeah, but I mean, those are probably the four best defenders around. Or someone screaming, someone screaming in their car. I would put Josh Green in instead. If you want your best defensive lineup, make sure your windows are still rolled up. If you're screaming (laughs) that in your car. (laughs) No, roll the windows down. You'll need the oxygen from you'll lose oxygen. If you just keep screaming like that, because you're just screaming into the void at this point, if that's what you want. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to lockdown Mavs. We'll be back tomorrow with a breakdown of the Cavs game. Hopefully it's a win for the Dallas Mavericks, not a win for the Cavs. Remember that time that you hosted a podcast and you said, hopefully it's a Clippers win. I meant a win over the Clippers. Get out of here. <laughs> I love how there's there is a there's a subgroup of listeners to this pod that think that you're secretly a Clippers fan. You. Which is incredible. I know. Which is incredible if they if they actually What knew y'all who I can't was see is that the bot the two bottom shelves of that bookshelf are like Clippers jerseys. Oh, like it's, it's, Darius it's, Miles jersey. There's Olo there's Kani 10 jersey. Reggie Jackson bobbleheads down there. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a Clippers fan? All right, there you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Boom!